It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. It's week seven of the 2023 fantasy football season, which happens to coincide with week seven of the 2023 NFL season. Funny how that works out. Uh, my name is Joe Dolan. I'm with Graham Barfield and Tom Brawley, and we're going to recap a, guys, I got to be honest, pretty ugly week six, especially in terms of injuries, um, that which is going to be a big focus of this program uh, on the Market Report podcast, recapping all the usage stats, the, uh, the performances of week six. We go game by game, breaking it down. Uh, good to be with you guys. How were you? How are you this morning, Graham and Tom? Uh, Graham, starting with you. Uh, how was the weekend? How the weekend of fantasy football treat you? How the weekend of betting treat you? Betting was tough. Fantasy was was tough too, man. This was a really really gross slate. A lot of unders. Uh, Tom, I'm sure you you know too. A lot of a lot of bad football this last weekend, and that that culminated in some unders. Uh, just in terms of like offensive production, there was only like 40 touchdowns yesterday, which is just crazy. Uh, super low Sunday scoring. And then obviously we got capped off with Giants Bills, just an absolute snooze fest. So yeah, kind of a tough week. Hope hopefully uh, we get some scoring and rebounding, but we got six teams coming up on by this week. So it's a tough tough yeah. couple weeks here with all these injuries to kind of figure out. What's going yeah. on, T bro? How was your week? Uh not not great. <laughs> Lost uh, you know, to just under five hundred on my picks and then the player props. So uh just a wonky week though, overall. Just um <laughs> even like that game last night, like the Bills going on that like 17 or 18 play drive. There was a lot of like weird long sustained drives, not a lot of you know, scoring in the red zone. And then we finally, you know, just got some weird results. Um, we'll touch on them. Uh, the two top teams, the last undefeated teams going down. Uh, Bills you know, surviving last night. Um, yeah, not a lot of teams that were favored big, uh, you know, kind of took it, you know, they, uh, you know, kind of, you know, they, they uh, had a little comeuppance from the underdogs. <laughs> uh, let's go and let's start with the Thursday night game. Speaking of, of top teams that don't exactly look very good, the, the Chiefs against this Broncos defense. I mean, they put up 389 yards, but they can't get in the end zone. Um, 19 to 8, Isaiah Pacheco has a solid game. Travis Kelsey goes off. Um, Tom, what are we even saying about the Chiefs at this point? It's it's Pacheco, it's Kelsey. You play Mahomes and I mean, I guess the takeaway here is Rasheed Rice, if any of these receivers is going to emerge, it's probably going to be him. Yeah, I always write up the Thursday night game on Friday, and this is the same old crap with the Chiefs uh, all season long here. We got this committee at receiver. Uh, Rice is the one guy who has a chance to emerge. It was good to see his routes uh, bump back up this week. Uh, kind of plummeted last week against the Vikings for some reason. Uh, back up near 50%. Uh, Just, Justin Watson did go down with some sort of wrist injury. Elbow injury. So elbow. elbow injury. Uh, so yeah, elbow. maybe yeah. maybe that thins it out a little bit. Maybe uh, maybe that helps a guy like Rice get more snaps, but uh, just probably means Justin Ross will get more, get jump into the rotation and take a spot. And uh, So yeah, not a whole lot lot to take away from, from this game. It looks like Travis Kelsey was healthy in that one, even with the short week and coming off the ankle injury. Uh, in week five. Uh, Graham, the Broncos in this game, man. I, look, I know John picked freaking Ross as the Thursday night special. And I know 
a lot of us have been saying, well, it's not necessarily Russ's fault this year. Feels I, I'll be fully honest. I did not see much of this game. I was watching the Phillies game. Um, seems like this was Russ not being very good in this one. I kind of took it the other way, Joe. I, I think mm. some of this is coaching. Uh, yeah, I, I was pretty excited three about Sean Payton. In this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Russ, it's coaching, and it's talent. Um, yeah. To me, I think the coaching aspect is a little more of the problem, though, and that's that was wow. not what we were anticipating at all coming into the season. There's a third and five in the game, Joe, and I was telling Tom about it on Sunday. We were talking yesterday, third and five, and they, they literally called, you know, basically a high school play. It was a rollout to the right, short side of the field. You know, in high school, you know, you called rollouts to the right to define leading and it reads, and you have an ocean over there because the hash works. In the NFL, you don't have an ocean, and they're calling, you know, basically sprint right with Russell Wilson, who's 34. I'm third and five. Like, what what are we doing here? We're playing Brandon Johnson over Marvin Mims, like the one dude who can get deep on this offense. I, you know, Jerry Judy's a go on Sutton can't separate. I think some of it is, you know, again, it's talent. We were a little over, you know, the Broncos receiver group is a little overrated, but man, it, it is really hard to watch this offense. And then, oh, by the way, I mean, this game was close, Joe. It was close the whole way through. They're running the yeah. ball down their throat. And then just for whatever reason, we're rotating Jaleel McLaughlin every single play. We're ro- rotating Javante Williams every single play. That's completely fine. If you want to have a running back committee, you should keep those guys healthy. But every single snap, like, there was no rhyme or reason. It was just, here's Jaleel for two plays. Here's Javante for two plays. Let those guys get into a rhythm. Uh, th- this is just, it's just bad offense. It's bad coaching. I mean, there's really not much else yeah. to say. I mean, I think this offense for fantasy, if, for our purposes, is really just the backfield at this point. I mean, Sutton is scoring touchdowns, but his yardage totals are so low. Um, Jude, just a ghost. He's probably going to get traded. It's it's a nightmare. Yeah, that's the big news for me coming out of this game. They're Go to one and five now. Uh, you know, Peyton has made it pretty clear that, he, you know, even dating back to the summer, that he's going to blow things up. And uh, we've already seen him blow things up on the defensive side of the ball. And now the yep. big question is when do we move yep. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton before the trade deadline? I, I think it's almost inevitable that one of those guys is out of the mix, and if not both. So, um, Marvin Mims time, go pick him up. Maybe he'll actually get the play a little bit. Uh, and for the, the sake of Judy and uh, even Sutton, it's probably best to go somewhere where they can be, you know, number twos in a better offense. Un- unbelievable. Just uh, just a disaster. I cannot believe all the assets that the, the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. That is an entire podcast in and of itself. And Sean Payton. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's what I mean. Wilson and Payton. Um, and uh, uh, I don't think Jerry Judy is going to be hiring Steve Smith as his agent anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, I don't think that's going to be hard. <laughs> Yeah, he won't be calling up Agent 89 anytime soon. Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's go to the Titans and the Ravens. The Ravens win this one 24-16. Tom, on, on Sunday morning, the big takeaway here, Ryan Tannehill looks to be, I don't know about severely injured, but significantly, uh, and Malik Wills can't play. I mean, that no. is just... I mean, he has no clue what he's looking at out there. It's a, it's hard to watch. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins it laid an egg in a big spot. Uh, he was laying an egg when Tannehill was in there, but when when Willis got in there, forget about it. Yeah, I mean, Tajay Spears did all he could to get the uh, the Titans to cover that spread, and uh, you know he was zigging and zagging through the defense on that screenplay for Willis. Uh, made his made his numbers look a little better than they were, but. Uh, took four sacks in the fourth quarter after he came in. You know, he wasn't processing anything and down to the, you know, in, yeah, inside the two yard line, I believe, uh, had a chance to punch it in and you know, make this a ball game. But 
we're, we're unable to do that, and the Titans are on bye this week, so it gives Tannehill more time. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll see what – I mean, this is a chronic issue from last year. Uh, he couldn't get – you know, it just affected his entire season last year. Uh, now we're dealing with it again, and he's been – pretty fragile to begin with uh with this weak offensive line and uh now we'll, you know we take away some of his mobility it, it's just a disaster even if he does get back healthy enough to get back into the lineup so um yeah not a whole lot to to be excited about in this passing game if uh, Malik Willis is healthy enough you know if he's the guy or if Tannehill is going to play through another ankle injury, it's it's a kind of a disaster for the Titans yeah and they're on by uh, this a week a real chance Tom they yeah, there's a move real them. chance, Tom. The Titans trade Tannehill. Yeah, it's, they're, just, they're they're two and four. Jags are four and two. Texans and Colts look you know decent. Um, you know they're at the bottom of the AFC right now. Like you know, I don't know if Rabel's gonna you know punt on the season. Just doesn't yeah, that's, seem like him. That's but, like you know, my one Tannehill's health back. checks out. You know they could move him. because they yeah. you know they went out and signed Hopkins. This I I don't. I don't know if I see Vrabel being one to to punt on a season. So, especially, yeah, I still think this division's wide open, uh, especially behind the you know Jaguars are starting to emerge. Uh, they're looking like the themselves from last year. So, we'll, we'll see. I, I I I I'm a little more skeptical that Vrabel punts on this season uh, if Tannehill is healthy. I don't really know what to say about the the Ravens at this point. They're kind of the same team every week. They can't really run the ball. Justice Hill looks like he's got more juice to me than Gus Edwards does. Um, both of those guys are kind of flexes, and, and Justice Hill at least can catch passes. He didn't go anywhere with those receptions. He had three catches for no yards, but uh, Ravens really the same team. The the only receiver who who's worth anything here, T-Row, is Zay Flowers. Um, and then it's just Beckham and, and Bateman. If they're healthy and they give you a couple of catches, good. Good on them, but they're not really fantasy relevant. Yeah, the only real thing that was anything kind of notable for the Ravens offense, you know, Keaton Mitchell, this was his first game where he was active and it was not a factor in this backfield. So uh, not that you're feeling great using Gus Edwards or Justice Hill at this point, but uh, the fact that he was not involved at all, kept it a two-man backfield, you know, we're going into the heavy bye weeks, as we you know say with six teams on bye this week. So, not that we're feeling great, uh, you know, putting Edwards or Hill as an RB two, but at least they have a better chance if it's, right. it stays a, a two man backfield. So, uh, other than that, I mean, you know, just just the only thing that uh, Ravens got to start finishing off some of these. You know, they're settling their their red zone offense has been kind of atrocious, uh, uh, settling for a lot of field goals and. Uh, they got to start finishing off some of these drives. So, uh, you know, left a lot of plays out in the field against the Steelers two weeks ago and uh, settled for a lot of kicks this week. So uh, that, that the score was only eight points, but it, it felt like it was a lot bigger deficit than than an eight-point deficit. Another 24-16 game is Washington over Atlanta. Uh, the Commanders win this one. Sam Howell throws three touchdowns despite just going for 150 yards. And in Sam Howell fashion, he absorbs five sacks in this game. But the story for me, Graham, Desmond Ritter, three interceptions. He throws for 300 yards for the second consecutive week. That's good news for fantasy because for the second consecutive week, they also threw it to their good players. Um uh, in in Drake London and Kyle Pitts, Pitts getting in the end zone, but Ritter three interceptions and uh, they were bad ones, including the one that essentially ended the game on a quick slant route, Graham. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's it's not not looking good, man. Uh, you know, obviously had the great game. I watched, you know, watched all of it last week. Finally showed a little bit of confidence, and then it all just came crashing down. 
touchdown this week. You know, they got behind. He had to throw it 47 times. And anytime Desmond Ritter has to throw it 47 times, you're probably not winning a football game. It, like you said, it was great to see London, uh, London and Pitts Bijan get fed. Bijan got eight targets. Uh, we can talk a little bit about their run game here. Uh, it's kind of falling apart, but uh, I think we'll see Heineke at some point soon. Uh, Falcons are three and three, man. Like at the end of that game, you know, just reading Arthur Smith's body language, like he wanted to freaking kill <laughs> at the yeah. end of that game. He was so sick of it. The plays are open. You you watch the games. Here's the thing: we all skewer Arthur Smith, right? But you watch the games. Guys are open. London's open. Pitts is open. Pitts is maybe 80% of his usual self right now, but these dudes are open and Ritter just can't hit them. You know, it's a, it's a good offense. It's not, you know, we're not re reinventing the wheel here. It's Arthur Smith still, but this offense is not bad. Throws are there. They no. just need to be made. And, you know, last week we saw what happens when the throws are relatively made. And then this week, again, it boomeranged right back. Desmond Ritter turned right back into Desmond Ritter. Uh, I think for fantasy, Joe, the, the only thing we can really say is like, at the very least, the ball is going to the right spots now. Uh, but until Heineke you know, makes starts, man, I yeah. mean, it's just it's going to keep it's going to be like pulling teeter. You know, it really is. Yeah, um, I actually do think Arthur Smith's a good designer. Um, it's just we, of course, we get annoyed for he fantasy, is. but credit, yeah. man. Yeah, Bijan. I mean, Tyler Alger doesn't show, do anything in the past. Like an Arthur, game, so you Arthur Smith a fanboy, but. <laughs> yeah um uh, t bro let's go over to uh washington here um john dotson's dead i i mean one target he drops it he drops yeah. it down the field they at least grease the squeaky wheel with terry mclaurin here but uh curtis samuel is maybe something here because i think kind of uh excuse me uh how likes to throw to the middle of the field yeah absolutely i mean this is uh he's been <laughs> just as relevant as terry mclaurin for fantasy so far uh, you know, six teams on by this week. So Samuel has been steady. His ownership has been steadily going up here and uh, they'll, they'll do the design carrier two per game for him. Uh, scored a rushing touchdown a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just making good on these targets. And Hey, I mean, we got Tal is showing he has no chemistry with dots and it, it's time to, to cut bait. If you've been, you know, hoping for a turnaround for Jahan Dotson, doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. Uh, can only get the one target, and when he was force feeding it, you know, out to the perimeter, it was to Terry McLaurin with eleven targets here. So, uh, just kind of a weird game here. Uh, you know, Brian Robinson, it's you know, scores another receiving touchdown. I don't think we we had him for you know scoring multiple receiving touchdowns this season, and he's already done it uh, through the first six weeks. But um, they haven't been able to you know collect a whole lot of volume. Uh, on offense uh, in terms of the running game here. And uh, I think Chris Rodriguez also mixed in a little bit uh, with four carries and um, his snaps were a little bit on the rise. Yeah, he was a 12% snap share. So uh, this backfield was already kind of a headache. And if we're going to get Chris Rodriguez into the mix a little bit more, uh, it certainly uh, lessens Brian Robinson's appeal moving forward. Minnesota at Chicago. Minnesota wins the game 19 to 13, but uh, in perhaps predictable fashion, Justin Jefferson's impact or lack thereof was felt in this game. Minnesota is two for 13 on third down, averages four yards per play. Um, Kirky throws for 181. TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, and Jordan Addison. Um, all all 50 yards or below. Hawkinson actually led them with 50 yards on the nose. Uh, Tom, the, the big story for me, um, well, I think you could use K.J. Osborne first and foremost, as we thought he might be able to be used, um, given Justin Jefferson being out. Uh, Alexander Madison 
T-Bro. 25 opportunities compared to two for Cam Akers in this game. Yeah, I guess we got to feel a little bit a little bit better about Madison. Uh, up around seventy nine percent snap share. Acres was down at sixteen, so all the kind of clues that were kind of indicating that Acres might be making this more of a sixty forty split, uh, it, it uh, kind of reverted back here. So I guess we got to feel a little bit better about Madison. Uh, this was kind of a, just a wonky game overall. Uh, Minnesota was up two scores and uh, wasn't really pressing the uh you know the gas down in this game you know i'm looking at both uh yards per play for both teams for four yards of play for minnesota 4.2 for chicago uh just a you know bad offensive game overall uh there was some windy conditions in this game that the, the rain kind of stayed away but uh so just i, I you know i i think minnesota's offense will be better than this this is uh about as bad as it can get uh, I think Hawkinson, Osborne, and Addison are all viable, you know, fantasy options moving forward. Osborne, you know, played a little bit better than, you know, maybe, you know, he beat his player prop. I think it was set around 40 yards. So um, he's not not going to be a, you know, a difference maker, but he's a viable wide receiver three now. And uh, I think, you know, this will be a better offense than they show, but we can clearly tell that uh, they're not going to be putting up 30 plus points, uh, you know, per game with Jefferson out of the lineup though. Um, let's flip over to the Bears, Graham. Um, I, I have come up with a name for Justin Fields. I call him Fantasy Eeyore. There is a black cloud that just follows him around. <laughs> and you saw it. You saw it in two weeks ago. He had his first 300 yard passing game and still had the fumble six against the Broncos. And at the end of the game, he just looked completely defeated. And then. He has the great game against Washington last week, and you're like, man, maybe there's something here. Four touchdown passes, a little Justin Fields, let's go. Maybe he's playing his way into the future of the Bears. And then in this game, he goes 6-10 to 10 for 58 yards. He throws an interception. He's, he's taking a million sacks, and then he gets hurt. And it, he looked just like the Justin Fields yeah. we saw last year. Um, Tyson Bajant comes in and runs for a touchdown. He also throws a bad pick. Uh, but Justin Fields has a thumb injury. Um, Graham, it... Once again, it's looking like it's over for Justin Fields in Chicago. Uh, I know, man. It's, uh, you know, we were a little concerned. You know, Broncos, Commanders, he beat up on two really bad defenses. Coming to the spot, like, okay, it's the bellwether. You know, gets to play Brian Flores. Flores is blitzing at, like, the league's highest rate, like, double the the base rate. And then, like you said, man, you know, four sacks on just, you know, 14 dropbacks. And then he, you know, dislocates his thumb. Jay Glazer said they tried to pop it back into place, but uh, this sounds like something that he can miss some time. Um, there could be, you know, some. It's going to be sore, obviously, a dislocated thumb, but it's on his throwing, obviously. So, man, he can miss a week or two, and yeah, I, man, I just this whole offense just up in smoke without feeds. I mean, it's just you're right, though. I mean, we're we're living on we're living on the edge. Yeah, so one other thing about this Bears backfield here real quick. Deontay Foreman got 15 carries, 61% uh, of the snaps. Uh, Darrington Evans got nine carries, 33% of the snaps. Uh, I'm expecting Roshan Johnson to be back. He should be back after concussion protocol. Should clear it this week. Uh, obviously, Khalil Herbert's still on IR, going to miss three more games. Uh, real quick, what do you guys think with this backfield will be when we get Roshan? I, you know, I think I'm expecting Johnson to be the 1A, but Deontay Foreman looked Look pretty good, you know. He should, he should have some sort of role. 
Yeah, I think uh, they kind of showed their hand this past week. Darrington Evans, I think I think we thought Foreman might have a bigger role than he, he actually did in this game. Uh, Evans was a 36% snap share, was getting uh, heavily worked in there. So I, I think if you had hopes that maybe Roshan Johnson would be like the clear lead back in this backfield, I don't. I don't think that's going to be happening just based on how they've split up duties like through the first five weeks. And then what we saw last week with the uh, Foreman and Evans splitting the work. So uh, I think Roshan and Foreman will probably split up the early down work and Roshan will get uh, most of the passing game work. That's how I think it will kind of be distributed. And then the thing with Roshan is if you expect this, this, team to act rationally you would think Roshan Johnson's gonna get the ones hey can he be part of our future but this is a dead in the water coaching staff so um yeah, yeah that's it could possible. be a dead in the water team real quick too yeah. with no fields for a couple weeks yeah, yeah. Um, they're a dead in the water team with Justin Fields so uh <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be uh yeah who, expecting this coaching staff to act rationally um I, I'm just not too sure about it uh Cincinnati 17 Seattle 13 uh Graham I'm gonna start with you here um, because I, I might have a bone to pick with Scott Barrett. At some point, I don't give a shit about Joe Mixon's XFP. <laughs> is this just who he is? Like Mr. Big Workload who doesn't go anywhere with it. Uh, 12 carries for 38 yards, three catches for 24 in this one. Yeah, I mean, he's going to continue to look like a regression candidate all year until the touchdowns come. I think that's really what it is, just the one touchdown all year, you know, attached to a good offense. But four straight weeks of 70% of snaps, I mean, you know, the efficiency hasn't been great, but yeah, I think Mixon's been probably the only consistent part of this offense, at least. You know, Bengals have never been a good running team, but Mixon's been okay. Um, yeah, I think this is just more so like this game got started hot, like Burrow got off to a really, really good start. This mm -hmm. fir first 15 to 20 plays were great. And then it just fell off. Uh, he had a couple explosive to chase and that was really about it. This game kind of just petered out for fantasy. Uh, just like a lot of games in week six, they all petered yeah. out for fantasy. Uh, Mixon, man, I mean, I think you just keep playing him as an RB2. The, the, you know, the touchdowns are going to come. And I don't think he's going to be the RB1 that, you know, maybe Scott thought he could be, but really good RB2. The volume is there. It's just, we need some touchdowns. Just yeah. I, the, just yet. the question for me is if, you know, the Bengals offense going to improve. They obviously get a buy here coming up. They, they desperately need it to give Burrow an extra couple of weeks to get healthy. Uh, just the overall struggles of the offense have been bringing Mixon down as well, but uh, maybe Mixon's part of the problem as well. He's not, yeah. uh, you know, not running as efficiently ha as he has in uh, past years. Not, you know, he was pretty terrible last year too, but uh, so he's part of the issue, but uh, they've also just been at less than a hundred percent all year. Even this week, T Higgins is playing through a rib injury. And uh, so it's just one receiver. That's really a threat on offense. Irv, Irv Smith is a complete zero. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you know, he's just going to get his uh, 40 yards and be done. So uh, this offense overall isn't clicking, but um, heading into the bye, uh, chance to get healthier and maybe better things are coming in the second half of the season. A ton of teams are having issues in the red zone. The Seahawks, Tom, are one of them. Um, <laughs> Geno Smith's on pace for just 17 passing touchdowns this year, uh, despite going for 323 in this game. I know DK Metcalf was a little dinged up. Um Speaking of regression to the mean T, bro, the Seahawks offense should be able to score more touchdowns here going forward. Yeah, that's this has got to be a, a pretty sour taste in uh, Seahawks mouths after losing this game. Uh, they kind of dominated the action uh, in the second half. Uh, you know, we're averaging 1.4 uh, yards more per play and 
uh, had multiple chances to score late in this game and couldn't come away with touchdowns. And uh, it's just, yeah, Geno's coming back. You know, the, the regression's hitting a little bit for him. I, I think he tied for uh, with Mahomes last year for the most multi-touchdown passing games last year and uh, just ha- having bad luck this year. And, uh, yeah, it's just a – Tough, 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 uh, tough loss for the the Seahawks here, but we're still getting the same guys fed. Uh, and Jackson Smith and Jigba's role actually improved a little bit out of their buy. Uh, that was one noticeable thing. They were targeting him, uh, you know, down the field instead of uh, right at the line of scrimmage. So uh, he's a he's a guy that still, if he's been dropped, uh, might be worth an add and your deeper legs in case something happens to one of these top receivers. Um, I mean, Metcalf was a little dinged up in this game and uh, he continued to play, but uh, you know, Tyler Lockett's into his thirties here. So I I thought that was at least one notable thing that JSN's uh, rule improved a little bit out of their bye week. Yeah. um, And Zach Charbonnet still like Zach Charbonnet and tank Bigsby were two picks that scared the living bejesus out of us. And, have had zero effect on the starters in those backfields. So um, just tank, something. Tank for what for what is worth. Tank didn't scare me. Charbonnet scared me for Walker, and they came out of the bye and gave Walker seventy six percent of the snaps. Yeah, season mm-hmm. high. Yeah, I mean, that should that should tell you how they feel about him. Uh, San Fran and Cleveland. This was a sloppy one. Um, PJ Walker did everything he could to try to lose that game for the Browns, um, but they win it nineteen to seventeen. Just a sloppy one for the 49ers. I don't know what my takeaway is for this Browns offense, except Kareem Hunt Graham uh, is somebody who certainly can can be a, a kind of flex option for you in these heavy bye weeks. Uh, Jerome Ford looked better than Hunt did, but Hunt also producing in the passing game. But um, I, I know Deshaun Watson hasn't been great, uh, but he they need him over, over P.J. Walker, who... I, I mean, I can't believe it looked like he was trying to give that game away on, on, in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, he he almost did. He almost threw a horrific interception at the end zone there uh, on their last drive. Um, so two things, this this Deshaun Watson injury, there's something way more to it, right? Like this is what happens when we turn every NFL beat writing staff into a PR wing. Like we just get no information. Oh, he's coming back this week, Graham. They're all telling us he's, oh, he's sure, sure. back this week. Yeah. Sure he is. I'm sure he is. Yeah, sure. I mean, they've been saying that for three weeks. Out of the bye, doesn't practice. I, 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 I have no inside information. None of us do. But, like, I, yeah. I would not be surprised if Watson misses multiple games here. And then, yeah, man, this backfield. Um, So Ford plays 50% of the snaps out of the bye. Hunt mixes in for, you know, gets 12 carries. And three targets. I mean, you know, we were kind of all into Ford because, you know, he'd be getting the majority of the work here. But, you know, Hunt obviously has, you know, a lot of history with the team. This is still a playoff caliber team with a great defense. Uh, I think this is some sort of like 1A, 1B, which is not great for our game, especially on an offense that's not great. <laughs> Graham, I, I will say it was a good sign. Pierre Strong was taken completely out of the mix. One snap yeah. overall. I, this was kind of a weird one. I think they must have been using Elijah Moore a little bit more in the backfield because, uh, you know, the snaps only, you know, add up to 87%, 88%. So they were they, giving some snaps to, uh, you know, more yeah. in the backfield as well. So I think that's at least a grain of salt, I, I, I you know, I, I, to sprinkle on that. I think this it was at least a positive that Pierre Strong was completely taken out of the mix. Yeah, they did use more in the backfield, especially early in the game, and then that just went away. Uh, once everybody's kind of figured out that Elijah Moore is just not not he's not going to be an explosive player in that that kind of role. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see on the the goal line stuff though. I mean, if Ford if Ford's going to get 
you know, taken off the field in the red zone. That's not not yeah. great. Over on the 49ers side, T bro, and the and the big the big thing here is the injuries. Debo goes out with the shoulder. Jordan yeah. Schultz says it doesn't look serious, but who knows? I, we haven't really gotten an update on Christian McCaffrey with the oblique injury. Um, Tom, uh, we'll talk about this more on the waiver wire podcast when we have more information on CMC. But it looks like Jordan Mason is the top backup right now. Elijah Mitchell came into this game questionable, so he wasn't 100%. But Jordan Mason is the guy who got the touchdown at the end of the game. Uh, it, do I have the right read on this, or, or is that at least the, the way you're leaning here, Tom? Yeah, that's the way I'm looking at it right now. But, uh, you know, we we know Shanahan can change his mind. And, you know, Mitchell could be the guy by the end of the week if he gets three practices in. Uh, what sucks for us for fantasy is that they play on Monday night football. Uh, yeah. So this is, you know, we're probably going to be riding it out with both Debo and McCaffrey. It doesn't seem like either injury was like particularly serious, but uh, it's probably on, on. Well, you know, we'll get Edwin on the case, but it seems like both of those could be like, uh, is it going to be one game missed? No games missed or, you know, it, it seems like they're fringe, those type of injuries. So uh, we'll probably have to ride it out. Uh, we have to wait till Thursday for injury reports on these guys. So. Uh, not an ideal situation, but no. I think we may have gotten some information on Purdy in this game, though. Hey, yeah. uh, if it's not ideal conditions and, uh, you know, that was that was the worst he's looked. Obviously, you take uh, Debo out of the picture early, uh, McCaffrey out of the picture late. Uh, you know, those are two major pieces for him. But uh, this is the, you know, we're going up against the elite defense in the Browns. So uh, he actually looked mortal for once uh, in the regular season. Uh, so I thought that that was at least a little bit of a minor development in this game. Yeah. Oh, and uh, for sure. Um, I, I think Purdy, uh, you have to, there, there has to be binaries, right? He either has to be an MVP candidate or a bottom 10 quarterback. Who's <laughs> yep. a complete system quarterback. Yep. Uh, it's obviously somewhere in between, but this, this week after last week, the MVP candidate guys got their fuel. The bottom 10 quarterback guys are going to get their fuel this week. So it's got to be on those binaries, Graham. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, in this game, I mean, Purdy just missed throws just watching yeah, it. I mean, bad. he had, I, yeah, he had Ayuk open a few times and just missed him. Uh, he had a fumble. I started raining and the ball slipped out of his hands. This is a great defense, man. I've been all over this. Brown's defense is just awesome. Like they get pressure. Uh, they got a great run defense. They've got corn. Like Schwartz just was playing man, press man at the end of the game. He was just like, come on, beat me. Uh, he ended up, Ayuk had a couple of big plays that got into field goal range and they missed the kick, obviously. I, I, but, I would do yeah. the same thing uh, with Debo Samuel replacement, Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah, just play press. <laughs> yeah, play play press and uh, hope for the best. Yeah. Ray Ray didn't do it. <laughs> no, no, not much for Ray Ray here. Houston and, and New Orleans here, 20 to 13 Houston wins. There's a couple of player usage items, Tom, that I need to focus on. Let's start with the winning team, the Houston Texans. Did uh -oh. we see a changing uh -oh. of the guard in the backfield? Um yeah. Devin Singletary was better than Damian Pierce in this game. Um, he's been more efficient than Damian Pierce this season. Pierce has not topped four yards of carry in a game this year. And there were quotes earlier this week from Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, T-Bro, that seemed to suggest that uh, Damian Pierce is not a great fit in the outside zone San Francisco 49ers run scheme here. Um, if I were uh, perusing the waiver wire on a Houston team, we'll talk about this tomorrow, a Houston team that's better than anticipated, uh, David Montgomery, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Devin Singletary. Singletary might have some uh, might have some juice here. Yeah, this is uh, the first time we've really seen Pierce uh, fall below fifty percent when he's been healthy and active. Um, and those comments earlier this week were kind of, 
hey, we've been watching a lot of tape on period, and it's it's just not happening. And then we come out uh, a game where they were up and uh, you know playing with a positive game script, and they actively chose to to use Singletary, and he justified it uh, at least for one game. Uh, ran better than them and. Uh, uh, 54, I think it was a 54, 36% uh, snap split here yep. uh, 50, or 54. 33. Uh, yeah. 33. So uh, this is uh one to keep a uh, backfield to keep an eye on. Uh, Texans are on by this week. So maybe, you know, people will fall asleep on this one and uh single Terry could go, you know, a little under the radar, but uh, probably still something to look at long-term uh, you know, for the second half of the season that, you know, maybe we're we're we could be having a changing of changing of the guard here a little bit. Uh, let's go to the to the um, uh, the Saints here, Graham. Three fifty three and thirteen points is like that's going to be written on <laughs> Derek Carr's tombstone, right? Like yeah. he up and down the field, and then he completely shits his pants when they get in the red zone. Like it's just a it is a tale as old as time. I mean, red zone struggles are kind of the, the story of this week for a lot of these teams. Yeah. But let's focus on the player usage. First and foremost, Alvin Kamara is a bell cow. Okay. Like, fine. He's a bell cow. Taysom Hill. Yeah, Eight targets. <laughs> seven for 49. If he has tight end eligibility in your league, I know Juwan Johnson was out in this game. Eight targets. I think he ran a route on over 60% of the dropbacks. Taysom Hill, baby. The, yeah, the, uh, the number one weapon here for the Saints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, number one wide receiver, Taysom Hill. Uh, welcome to week six. Uh, Juwan Johnson missed this game. He missed another game with a calf injury. He sh- I think he has a chance for this coming week. We'll see. They're, Actually, Thursday, not, they're Thursday night, so might be yeah, a little Maybe not. Long. Yeah. yeah, good point. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Um, yeah, man, I, I almost wrote up Taysom and start sit saying like, Hey, if Juwan Johnson misses game and you're like completely dead at tight end, like you could use Taysom thinking that he would get some, some rushing work, eight targets, super random. Um, yeah, man. I mean, <sighs> car is just frustrating because on the one hand he's throwing deep. This offense is built correctly. Like, you know, Thomas is the possession player. Alave and Shahid stretch the defense, but then like you mentioned, it's just like every single time they get close to scoring, it's just they needed to change up their red zone installs because it's just not working. Um, you know, Alave, man, I mean, he's just he's so good, but he's only going to score five touchdowns again. You know, it's just that's what's really holding him back for fantasy. You know, no touchdowns once uh, we got in the box last week, um, you know, could have had a second score last week. But man, I mean, it just seems like we're really we're really starved for touchdowns in this offense here. Let's go to Jacksonville and Indy. Jacksonville, 37 to 20. They beat the Colts. Um, Graham, I'm going to start with you. And obviously, we're, we're going to start with the caveat. Trevor Lawrence picks up a knee injury at the end of that game. I saw some DPTs on, on Twitter suggesting MCL is a concern. Um, Lawrence admitted there was some discomfort, but he didn't return to the game because it was a three-score game. So there's no real way for us to know if it was you know severe enough to knock him out of the game. But this, this Jaguar offense it still seems like there's a little bit of something missing here. And at least the last couple of weeks, they've decided to let Travis ETN kind of be the guy in mm-hmm. the red zone. And that's gotten them into the box, but we haven't had that Trevor Lawrence blow up game that has felt like we've been on the precipice of it all season. Yeah. Yeah. We've been on the precipice all season. This game got out of hand really, really quick. Uh, Jags got up t- uh, 21 to three. Uh, Colts really didn't do too much in the first half and then had to press in the second half. So there was some kind of just like weird game script stuff going on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ridley, eight targets, 30 yards, man. I mean, 
he's just been a ping pong player all season. Uh, I've got to go back and rewatch the game, see what happened um, uh, on that point. But, you know, Travis Etienne, man, if you draft him in the fourth round, you were just absolutely doing jumping jacks. I mean, just dominating touches here, you know, in, in a league where most backfields are trending towards committees. I mean, Etienne is just dominating touches. And it makes sense. I mean, Tank Bigsby is losing points every single time he's on the field. The guy has just not been – he's just not been very good. Uh, so, I mean, as long as Etienne stays healthy, I mean, he's he's a top five fantasy running back. But, yeah, for this offense, like, there is something missing. Um, I, I, I think if we can, like, put our finger on it, it's probably somebody who can stretch the field, like, with some speed. Like, Ridley definitely can get deep. He's still got some juice. But – they they don't have anybody that can stretch the field. You know, Zay Jones, when he's healthy, is just more of a possession player. I think that's really the last piece they're missing is somebody who can really get deep. That being said, though, you know, I, I think with with Kirk and Ridley, you just kind of have to keep, you know, playing these guys as wide receiver twos. They're going to pop, you know, a uh, tough spot this coming week, though. Short week against the Saints. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah tougher spot, but. I think you just kind of have to keep playing these guys. We got six teams out on a bye this coming week. Some good receivers out too: Bengals, Cowboys. So uh, you just got to keep playing these dudes. Uh, T. Bro, uh, the Colts more even split in the backfield here with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Um, both guys getting uh, thirteen touches in this game. Um, pretty incredible. Uh, both guys getting fourteen opportunities in this game. Uh, Ta- Moss gets the uh, the kind of garbage time touchdown. Uh, I guess he's still a flex option this week, but I, I would think they're going to ramp up Jonathan Taylor a little bit more going forward. Yeah, it was uh, more of an even split this week, 50 to 42 in snap share. <clears throat> so Moss still had the slight advantage, but maybe that you know continues to flip here and uh, Taylor kind of takes the, the, the lead uh, this week and moving forward. Uh, but yeah, just no run game. This, this Jaguars run defense, I mean, uh, really kind of going under, yeah, going a little bit under the radar, just how good they are. And uh, kind of uh, they've been at the top of the league uh, in terms of living, limiting run, running games. So that was uh, just another feather in their cap this week. Uh, I mean, we saw uh, the Colts tear apart the, the Titans run defense, which has kind of been the, uh, you know, the top, you know, run defense over the last uh, two years. So uh, maybe the Jaguars are taking over that mantle uh, in the AFC South and the NFL. So. Uh, that was notable, and uh, hey, we got Minshew back. Uh, we're going to be playing in some wild game scripts moving yeah. forward with these Colts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pittman uh, had done nothing through like three and a half quarters, and then he went ham in the fourth quarter of this <laughs> one. It's great. So, yeah, I mean, this this can happen with him at quarterback. Joe, you got to experience it a little bit last year with the Eagles. Uh, I can remember that Cowboys game around Christmas, and, uh, you know, he's going to turn the ball over. He's going to create opportunities for uh, lots of receptions uh, for his receivers here. And uh, if the Colts running game struggles in the future, uh, you know, Pittman's going to eat here. So uh, looking, looking better here for Pittman and uh, even Josh Downs, he scored a touchdown this week, still saw eight targets, Uh, not a whole lot of yardage, but I I think he's a guy we can start to feel, uh, you know, pretty confident as a wide receiver, three wide receiver, four in that range. Uh, Miami 42, Carolina 21. Miami covers a 14-point spread despite trailing 14-0 in this game. <laughs> um, there's really not a whole lot to say about Miami from a fantasy perspective. I mean, you play Mostert, he's like the number one running back in fantasy. You play Tyreek Hill, who's like the number one receiver in fantasy. You play Jalen Waddle, who's like the best number two receiver in fantasy. You play Tua because he's throwing all these weapons. Um, the only, the only uh, question here, Tom, is in a week where we have six teams on by unfortunately for the Dolphins they get maybe the toughest run defense in the league this week the Eagles Salvan Ahmed 
if you had to start him, he comes through with the garbage time touchdown <laughs> when that game's out he of did. reach, and and he caught three passes. So I guess there there is a little tiny bit, a tiny bit of juice for Salvan Ahmed if you need him this week. Yeah, uh, Chris Brooks also left that game early, uh, busted up his ankle. Looks like he's probably going to miss. You know, he could be another candidate for the IR. Uh, we'll we'll be monitoring it this week. Jeff Wilson did not come off the IR last week. Uh, you would think that maybe they flip him and Brooks uh, this week. Um, but we'll see just what happens. But you would think that Wilson's getting close to a return. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think Ahmed is, you know, a, a very deep reach. I don't think Wilson's going to come in and right away, you know, see, you know, 30 to 40% of the snaps. They're probably going to ramp him up as well. So uh, they're splitting up the work here. And uh, but as you said, this is a, about as tough a matchup as it gets. Uh, maybe outside of the Jaguars right now uh, against the Eagles in on Sunday night football. But yeah. Ahmed is uh, certainly at least a little bit viable for those are those are desperate uh, at, at the running back position. Uh, flipping over to Carolina, uh, John uh, Graham has been harping for weeks that Chuba Hubbard looks better than Miles Sanders. And he's right. <laughs> nothing to disprove that in this game. Um, Chuba comes in here. He puts up 90 yards from scrimmage, gets a touchdown. Really right now for, for Carolina, it's Chuba and it's Thielen, who's like one of the five best wide receivers in fantasy football. Uh, yeah, I, I got to say, I just uh, I missed on Thielen, like completely missed. I was uh, you aren't the only one. I think about the entire world missed on Thielen here. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think I think you could make a case. You could have made a case for him. Some sharp, oh, yeah. you know, some sharp best ball players made some good case for him. But I just didn't think he had this upside, man. It's crazy. Uh, I, I put him on the market list is up. I just there's no oh, other way course. to say it. Yeah, but uh, I'm writing up Miles Sanders as a downgrade, man. I oh, mean, yeah. Groin injury. Now he's got a shoulder injury. Chuba comes out and looks pretty good. Um, yeah, there's a there's a real chance he loses his his role here. And, you know, the injury is starting to pile up. Obviously, efficiency comes down. This offense is just, you know, it's it's we're really trying to get some explosive plays here. I mean, Bryce Young's still not throwing the ball downfield. And that's, you know, I think that's kind of really it. You know, it's like. Thielen's really their only receiver getting any semblance of separation underneath, but the, I mean, they just don't have anybody, anybody yeah. to stretch the field vertically. I mean, Chark could do it when he was a Jaguar, but I, I think he's lost a step. It's uh, it's tough, man. Uh, they have a bye coming up this week, so unfortunately you won't get to use fantasy wide receiver one Adam Thielen this week. Um, but <laughs> God, man, what that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Adam Thielen's literally the wide receiver one, you guys. I, I, it's what a world we live in. 33 uh, years old. <laughs> Patriots and the Raiders. What a weird one this was, Tom. Uh, the, the, the Raiders, I, I don't like this podcast is long enough. You yeah, play Jacobs, you, you play Myers, you play Devontae Adams. But of course, uh, uh, Michael Mayer is coming on, Tom. We'll talk about him on the Waiver Wire podcast. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt again. It looks like he might miss a game. I I, I mean, it's just Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo gets a bad rap. He's been a pretty good quarterback, but the injuries are just have completely derailed and are eventually going to end his career. I mean, this is just too much. Yeah, this is, and it seems like it's a new injury every time. Now we got a back injury that, you know, causes him to go to the hospital uh, on Sunday. So uh, it sounds like he's probably going to miss at least one game. Uh, be interesting to see. Uh, did they go to Aiden O'Connell when they have a full week of preparation? Yeah. Uh, they used yeah. him as the emergency quarterback uh, and had Brian Hoyer come into the game, but with a full week to prepare. Um, and we'll see. I mean, maybe this, maybe their three and three record kind of changes that perspective. 
Uh, maybe they feel they're more comfortable. It's unbelievable. They're, I mean, they're the worst three and three team I've ever seen. Uh, I have no idea how they're doing it. Uh, easy schedule uh, would probably be yeah. the easy explanation for it. Yeah, but it um, the the big takeaway here is uh, what the hell is going on with Devontae Adams, man? Five targets again. He, you know, after four targets last week, uh, doesn't he, seem like it's injury related. I mean, it's a, he got absolutely crushed. Oh, on that over the middle pass. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. he got at, I wonder if he hurt his shoulder on that and just wasn't himself. I, I'm purely speculating. Of course, I, I really don't know, but uh, just watching the game, you know, he got absolutely crunched. So that could yeah, be it. He's definitely a guy we got to monitor here, though, because he was, uh, you know, playing pretty well through the first four weeks of the season when he was on the field, and uh, the last two weeks, uh, I mean, nine targets. I mean, he's usually at nine targets by the third quarter of most games, so uh, pretty concerning that uh, over the last 120 minutes he has nine targets. Uh, let's look at uh, the paper. Yeah, we can pass. I mean, we can pass. Yeah. Well, the one there's one thing though. <laughs> I, Ramondre Stevenson looked like he was both concussed and had a high ankle injury, and he returns to the game and scores a touchdown. What the hell happens? He just had his best game of the season. Yeah, that was, I, like uh, I, this team is so bizarre. Yeah, yeah he, that was quite the 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 hit to the head that he took. Uh, in, I don't know how he got back in the game. Back in that game, I'm yeah, I, was, yeah I, I I just assumed he was done, and then I look up like ten minutes later or whatever it was, and I'm like, holy shit! I see some dreads on him. He's back in the game because <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have dreads. <laughs> yeah, it's like he doesn't have dreads. Yeah, so uh, at least he showed he has a, a little bit of a pulse here, and um, he you know, finally scores a touchdown, and he got the I believe he got a. You know, but we also had Zeke score a touchdown as well. Zeke. Punched one in from two yards away, and Ramondre got the one-yard run. So we're just, like, splitting up the uh, the goal line work as well. Um, yeah, this is just a complete disaster in New England. Um, yeah, the, the, I don't have a, a whole lot to say about this offense. Yeah. Let's move on to the, the Cardinals and the Rams. The Rams, a bizarre one here, Graham. Um, they didn't do anything in the first half. And then in the second, Stafford throws just 24 balls. Uh, we talked about Puka Nakua on the morning show on Sirius XM this morning. And I said, Paul, I am not worried in the least. Mm -hmm. He was still targeted on seven of Stafford's 24 throws. Uh, one thing to point out, Kyron Williams, bell cow of bell cow, um, but did pick up an ankle injury late in this game. Graham, did you see anything on him? And, and do you have any other takeaways on this Ram offense? Yes, we're waiting on news on Kyron, so we'll see on that. Obviously, a huge game from him. Uh, Rams finally ran it well for the first time in like two and a half years, and they ran it consistently well. I mean, Kyron had a couple you know, explosives, but they ran it well. Um, yeah, I'm not concerned about Puka. Uh, he dropped At it well. I, I wouldn't say a drop. I think a drop might be too far, but he had a really hard like diving touchdown on that. I think maybe the first or second drive ball popped out. The big thing for me, guys, last two weeks, you know, we've gotten Cup and Nakua. All I mean, this is just an insanely condensed target tree. I mean, it's like 70% of the targets have gone to two players. That is exactly what we want here. Uh, obviously, first down game from Nakua, you know, people are panicking, whatever. I'm not. Um, Stafford's playing at an all-world level. And then, like you mentioned, only 24 pass attempts. Cardinals just didn't show up really offensively. Dobbs struggled again. Um, you know, better days are ahead here because the Rams are going to play on some a lot of shootout games this year. Your defense has definitely been better than we thought, but uh, this offense with Cup and Nakua, they're 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 bananas good. I will say Stafford though, man, we wanted to use him as a streamer this week. I just don't <sighs> think we're going to get there with Stra Stafford as a streamer this year. I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I feel like he's just running real. I mean, yeah, as you said, the Nakua drop on a potential yeah, touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I you know I don't expect them to be able to run the ball 
like this most weeks. I mean, their defense has played uh, better than I thought. Uh, you know, they're maybe not playing in as many shootouts as we anticipated heading into the season. But uh, I, I will also note Williams, uh, Sean McVay, he's a bit of an unreliable narrator at times, but uh, uh, he did. He thinks he'll be fine and, uh, you know, kind of downplayed the injury after the yeah. game. So uh, Ronnie Rivers also picked up something in that game. So um something to monitor i think they might be on yeah, zach bye. evans zach yeah evans. zach evans got his first offensive work uh no they they aren't on buy so that is something to watch uh yeah they're not on buy at all there's by the way there's yeah, no buys in week eight it's so bizarre yeah. why are we having week 13 buy? Uh, there's week 14 buys and nobody's on buy in week eight it's so dumb the nfl i don't get it uh but whatever um uh over on arizona side tom you know i get done with the sirius xm show um and for just a little bit, I want to go downstairs because then I have to record my YouTube morning show. But I go downstairs and for 15, 20 minutes, I don't want to think about fantasy football. Um, and then, of course, I get down. I, I don't even get to the bottom of the stairs. And my wife is like, uh -oh. what's going on with Di Mercado? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, we missed on it. Like, I mean, he 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 led them in snaps in the backfield. Yeah. But got three touches. Like, yeah, what, they, what's going on? Yeah, they they. Very clearly see him as just a passing back. And as, as soon as they got Keontae Ingram back, hell, we even had Damian Williams working in here. Yep. Didn't even know he was still in the damn league. And, uh, you know, he's getting eight carries in this backfield. So, uh, you know, this is one of those, unfortunately, uh, you know, this isn't a great offense too. So if we're going to have three guys splitting up the work while James Connors out of the lineup, uh, you know, if you have three backs in a bad offense, you have no backs uh, for fantasy. So, um unfortunately there's just like nobody that's going to be usable in this back yeah this offense is quickly turned into a little bit of a dumpster fire I, did zach Ertz get hurt i, I gotta be honest i didn't watch much of this game because he was down at 46 nah, percent route share yeah he was playing snap share. he was catching balls late in the game uh when they were kind of in garbage time so yeah it was 46 percent snap shares trey mcbride got 50 58, 58. So, yeah so i think what were you anticipated them doing from week one you know playing mcbride more yeah. and you know you know just having Ertz for you know strictly passing situations uh seems like maybe they're coming to their senses like hey maybe we should develop our uh you know second year tight end who actually has a chance to be part of our future so um yeah. it was a little weird the earth stuff at the beginning of the season but i think it's kind of course correcting here and we're going to get more McBride as the season goes along. Yeah. Eagles lose to the jets 20 to 14. Uh, Brees Hall gets in the box, but literally he got in the box because the Eagles let him at the end of that game. <laughs> Other, otherwise, hey, we'll had, take it. It counts. Hey, yeah, it, exactly. it, it will. It does count. Receiving work was good for Brees Hall uh, in this one. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson is are, are your jets. You play. There it is done. Yep. Like, yeah, there's there's not much else to say. And like Zach uh, what Wilson was, is uh, Joe, Joe, you were probably paying attention. Uh, these four o'clock games are a little tougher for me to pay attention. Did, did yeah. Wilson uh, step away? You know, he left the game yeah, a little he, bit. I think he rolled his ankle on the turf. He actually yeah. called the turf garbage at the end of the game. He rolled it early. I think a lot of people would agree with that. I, I <laughs> think later, I actually think part of the reason the Eagles didn't play Jalen Carter and Darius Slay in this game is because of the turf. I literally think that's part of the reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Garrett Wilson, um, then I think he might have tweaked it a little bit later in the game, but he seems to have escaped without a serious injury. Um, and on the Eagles side, uh, Tom will start you uh, use Murphy's law, man. Literally everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Eagles. Um, they make a bad decision to throw the ball, 
um, on that third down at the, the Jets had no timeouts. Just run the ball and make Zach Wilson go 60 yards. Like just this, what, what this to me, uh, Tom is, is it's a game that's going to force the Eagles to look in the mirror and you never want to say, Oh, it's a good loss. There's no such thing as a good loss in the NFL. Just like there's no such thing as a bad win. Um, but that force themselves to look in the mirror and, and figure out, all right, w- we don't need to be the smartest freaking guys in the room every single week. I, I just thought it was one of those games. Yeah, uh, I'll push back a little bit. I I mean, they had no success running the ball all game. I mean, the, the, I did not see that coming. I thought, you know, the Jets had been run on all season, and they kind of sold out to stop the run, and they were pretty successful at it. And, and Lane Johnson got hurt, obviously. Yeah, and, that yeah. The, certainly their their O-line issues, uh, you know, started, you know, the, the pr- protection for Hurts was – uh, you know, spotty, uh, you know, more than we're used to seeing with the Eagles offensive line. So, um, yeah, it was a little bizarre that how much they were thrown at the end of the game, but it was also, I mean, we have Swift finishing yeah. 10 for 18 and, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, they had no success outside of Jalen Hurts running the ball. Uh, but I mean, you push back on that, but like it was third and nine, um, no, I know. I, yeah, they they were the going. I, I'm minute, not saying yeah. that particular play, that particular play, that late in the game. You probably just run the clock. Or oh yeah, okay, yeah. And now, but I'm saying the entire fourth quarter, as somebody that had like a Dallas Goddard uh, over, I'm like, shit, he's not getting it. They're going to run the ball the entire fourth mm-hmm. quarter, and they couldn't run the ball. So they, they couldn't run the ball. And then, the ball and uh, got my yeah. prop, but uh, it also resulted in the Eagles losing that game. Certainly something to monitor. Uh, it looks like a high ankle for Lane Johnson. The the right tackle Driscoll got ragdolled in that game. He was responsible for one of Hertz's two interceptions or one of his three. Hertz was really responsible for one of the three, and it was of course the awful one at the end. Just a, a miserable bad play call, uh, awful decision to throw all around. Uh, don't really know what else to say. Devonta Smith, man, he's running oh, cold. Yeah, I, I oh. think that's that's the one we need to talk about here. I mean, he, he did lead the team in targets with eleven, but man, I mean, it's he been dropped a really that walk rough. In touchdown man that yeah. was literally, wide open in the middle of the field and he probably I don't had the see him there i i i literally can't remember ever seeing him drop a pass that wide open it was just it was like one yeah. of those games like they literally jake elliott's one of the best kickers in football he misses a chip shot field goal and and that they win the game if he makes that you know it's just one of those things like, yeah. terrible game for the eagles just 49ers had a terrible game too it was just i mean but AJ Brown got it done. DeAndre Swift actually got it done despite running for just 18 yards. Yep. Um, S- Swift getting these targets is just huge for him. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Eagles Dolphins this coming week is just going to be white hot. So yeah, we're, we're, we're excited. Gonna about a, that we're going to learn about a lot about the Eagles. Joe, what is, what, what's going on with the Phillies? Are they playing Sunday as well? Or is that an off day? I, I just uh, got to know for your health. They don't play Sunday, I don't believe. Let me look at the oh, end. thank God. Yeah, that's, yeah. Joe, that's <laughs> Joe, that's when you say they're going to end the series before Sunday. Uh, so oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. The good point, uh, Graham. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, no, they don't play on Sunday, even if the oh. gate goes to game six. Okay, so. I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad for your health. <laughs> yeah, that'll be um, – I actually think the Eagles are going to come out and play well on Sunday night. That's my prediction. Oh, yeah. After a – absolute dog shit performance in that one uh the lions and the bucks here the lions win 20 to 6 bad offensive performance by the bucks uh mike evans just four for four now baker was not good in this game but uh graham let's focus on the news david montgomery goes down with a rib injury dave burkett who covers the lions says uh looks like he's gonna miss some time um and this is where i point out that they have a buy uh, I believe their buy is in week nine. So potentially two games here for David Montgomery. Didn't look like Jameer Gibbs Graham was anywhere close to playing this week. Maybe we get him back and it surprises, but uh, I think uh, we're going to be getting a lot of Craig Reynolds questions this week, Graham. 
Yeah, gross. We will be. Uh, yeah, to your point, Gibbs did not practice all week. He picked up that inju- injury. I think it was Friday or Saturday of last week. Um, so, yeah, we're just monitoring him. Uh, Montgomery's just been running so hot. Such a bummer. Uh, just another bummer of an injury. Uh, Reynolds, yeah, I guess, you know, it'll it'll be some sort of committee here. I mean, he'll he'll probably get the goal line role. They got Divine Ozigbo, former Jaguar Divine Ozigbo. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Making big waves in Detroit. Play, play some immaculate grid with that one, Graham. There you go. Yeah. Hey, yeah, no kidding. Oh, man, that's a great one. Uh, I don't yeah. know if there's any line or Jags uh, corollaries. Uh, DJ Chark. Uh, anyway, design, you know, Zigbo gets in, but who cares? Uh, big thing to me is you know, Jameson Williams. Play a little bit. A little bit. A little yeah, he actually yarder. played like he played only 22% of the snaps, but I you got to use him a little bit more going forward. And that's good for Amon Ra because like. <clears throat> Nobody else here. I mean, obviously, Amon Ra and Laporta, 11 targets for Laporta, 15 for Amon Ra. Nobody else had more than three. Uh, T Bro, Jameson Williams, are you feeling better about him going forward? Uh, yeah, I, I think. But the, the significant down, you know, decline in the second week uh, with Amon Ra back out in the field. Uh, we have Marvin Jones playing more snaps than him. Uh, I get the Josh Reynolds stuff. He's playing yeah. well, but the, the, the Marvin Jones stuff, I don't get. Um, so, I obviously I'm feeling a little better since he made a big play and that usually leads to more opportunities going forward. But um, the decrease in snaps, uh, I got to say is uh, has me a little bit worried. Yeah. They've been doing weird shit with their receivers though, man. Like Josh Reynolds randomly ran like 12 routes last week. I think he had an injury, but like they've been doing weird shit. I think in general though, like, you know, getting once Jamison's fully ramped up, I mean, having him as like a flanker slot and you can move on Monra anywhere like that is that's what they want. You know, like that is positionless football and they they can really do it here. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll monitor uh, Williams's snaps going forward. But, yeah, there's definitely something here with him for sure. I mean, I, he, I, he's got some juice. I think we got to give Goff a little bump, a little love in the uh, the market yeah. report as well. If yeah, Montgomery's going to miss, if Montgomery's going to miss some time, that's a good point. Uh, put him in the there. big media doesn't want you to talk about Jared Goff, but uh, he should be a we legit. Will. <laughs> he's a legit uh, MVP candidate uh, with his performance. Uh, you know, to start the season, uh, yep. really playing well the last couple of weeks. I know Brett wrote him up for his game ball a couple weeks ago. Uh, maybe it was last week. So um, I, we got to give some. And this is traditionally a spot where Goff has always fallen flat against a team that you know blitzes the shit out of you and uh on the road and uh, just everything was lining up against golf in this spot and he had to carry the offense uh, they had no running game and he did it so uh we'll find out again next week they got uh, the baltimore ravens on tap but um i think he he deserves a little kudos here for the next couple of weeks if montgomery is out of the lineup and let's move on to the sunday night game it is the Bills and the Giants. I mean, just another stinker. The Bills couldn't couldn't do anything. They they uh somehow avoided the same fate of the 49ers and the Eagles uh because the Giants couldn't score. Um Graham, we're gonna start <laughs> with you. Uh, um Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start with you. It was just a bad game for um the Bills in general. Josh Allen completely locks on to Stefan Diggs. Bills are the same team. Unfortunately, James Cook cannot uh shake this rotation. Um, obviously, we're thinking of Damian Harris following that scary injury. I think he's doing okay. Um, yeah. But Latavius Murray, teams just love Latavius Murray. Uh, and it's capping what is still, Graham, a, a very effective James Cook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Weird thing though, Joe. No targets in this game. Um, yeah, that, that was strange. Well, I mean, like, but look, sixteen of the thirty targets for Josh Allen went to Stefan Diggs. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, this is just just a weird game. You know, Bills had to you know come back from London. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Long long travels, kind of a sleepy spot against a Giants team. They're huge favorites against. You know, Latavius is good though, man. Like he's a legitimately good early down runner. Um, you know, no, obviously no touchdowns for cook in this game again, but yeah, better days ahead for the bills. I, I think that is interesting though. 49% snap share for Latavius. Obviously Damian Harris gets hurt that they, those two had been like splitting 20 to 25%. So, you know, Latavius just gets all of it in this game, but yeah, I, you know, the bills are just not unleashing cook and this just insane role just yet. You know, I kind of had a, I had a, I had a little bit of hope we would get like an Austin Eckler ish type of roll out of cook. And I just, that's just not going to happen this season. Yeah. This offense overall, I mean, we're still, we need to get that number two guy in this offense. It's just still too dig centric. Um, and we were hoping that they might add a better receiver in the off season. They tried with uh, Dalton Kincaid. Maybe he'll still develop, but uh, you know, Gabe Davis has played better this season, but I, I just still don't think he's a number two receiver in a good offense. He's a, you know, kind of a one trick pony and get down the field he's, and make plays. And Tommy, he is not good against man. I mean, no. Giants run a high rate of man and Gabe is just we, this is the signal. If 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 you're playing a defense that plays a lot of zone, play Gabe. Yep. You know, Raiders play a lot of zone. Gabe was great. And this and, last week, Giants play a ton of man and it's not happening. And we, you saw Dawson Knox. Uh, you know, this has been a disappointing run for him, uh, you know, dating back to last season. He drops a you know a key pass late in that game. So, yep. um, yeah, this is uh just a, not a, a very good offense out of Steph Diggs right now. And that's why you'd think they'd want to get James Cook more involved in, in the passing game. And uh, they, they need to develop this number two option in this offense. And they don't really have it right now. Uh, over on the Giants side, uh, Tom, uh, Saquon Barkley looked pretty good in his return. Maybe they should have given him the ball on the final play of the game. Um Oh, they tried that at the final play of the half. That didn't work out either. Oh, <laughs> or just go for the tush push, man. You're at the one. Go, get, yeah, the, like, get the push. I know Tyrod's kind of small, but I mean, come geez. on, man. Like, yeah. yeah, like just a decent. They had every opportunity there. Tyrod did all right. You know, like he made some yeah, throws. Down, uh, he always played, made some throws. He played down better the field. than Daniel Jones so far this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you almost wonder. You almost wonder if there's like, which is not. This is gonna. It's gonna be fun the next couple of weeks with the New York media. Because yeah, I, uh, yeah. I could see Dable being like, oh, you know, Danny, take an extra week, get healthy. And then, uh, you know, if Tyrod has another decent performance, uh, ooh, could we? that could get fun with the $160 million guy, uh, you know, playing worse than the backup quarterback. Yeah. And The, uh, the, the biggest thing spicy. is the ball, the ball was out. Like, that's the thing. Like, just the ball's out, you know? You like, wonder yeah. if there's like a He hits that back factor, foot. Right? Yeah, ball's out. Yeah. Tyrod wasn't subjected to the constant siege that Dimes was under. And you wonder if just mentally, you know, the fact that he hadn't been under that siege just helped him play better. Like I think like, it was also the design of the – like they were doing a lot of rollout, you know, letting yep. him kind of, you know, letting him see it. And that's not necessarily – you know, Daniel Jones is more of a – you know, he can run and stuff, but I don't know if he's necessarily – as comfortable rolling out and doing all those things that Tyrod was doing last night. That that's where, it, you know, based on the structure of this offense right now, Tyrod actually might be, you know, what they need, you know, a quarterback who can't get it out quick and they can do more rollout stuff. And they, so, I mean, it's crazy as it sounds that, you know, these receivers might have a better chance yeah. of, you know, putting up fantasy production if Taylor's at quarterback for another week or two. 
We have a huge slate of bye weeks this this week. Six teams are on bye. A lot of guys are injured. Uh, we're going to cover it all in the market report uh, article up at fantasypoints.com, which is kind of a nice summation of what we talked about here. Tom and I will be back on tomorrow's show uh, to t- talk the waiver wire. We get get you in and out in 25 minutes. Talk about the biggest names on the wire. Talk about the teams on by. Uh, it's been a fan- phenomenal uh, run of the season so far, but uh, unfortunately, it looks like a lot of those nagging injuries really piled up in week number six. He's Graham Barfield. He's Tom Brawley. I'm Joe Dolan. This is the Market Report Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow on the Waiver Wire Show. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.